Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is a topic I can't wait to talk to you about, that feeling that you get when you realize that you've become a grown-ass woman. Today, we're talking about that subtle shift in your thinking that makes you notice what you can and will do because you're old enough, wise enough, and ready to step into those big girl shoes, the shoes of your amazing grown-ass self. What I'm getting at here specifically is taking a close look at what's going on in your mind when you look around and watch it slowly sink in that there's no one else to do that thing you're a little nervous to do or even in the back of your mind expecting someone else to do. So you do it because you're a grown-ass woman. Yes, this is what we're talking about. But wait, there is more. There's something else special about today's episode. Today's episode is going live on the actual one-year birthday of the podcast. Yes, Women in the Middle has turned one, and I can't believe it. I thought it would be kind of funny to be talking about being a grown-ass woman in the same episode as celebrating this little milestone of being a (laughs) one-year-old. It's really quite something. If you would have told me two years ago that I would be hosting a popular podcast, I would have been surprised. It seems so scary and big. Totally something a grown-ass woman would do though, right? But me, (laughs) a little old me sitting here in my cedar closet, pretty funny stuff. And I can't thank you listeners enough. As a fellow woman in the middle, I just knew we needed to talk about this stuff. And I'm beyond grateful that I'm able to help in my small way. I love being your midlife coach. I love that we're on this journey together. I love turning midlife on its ear and really questioning a lot of the things we've been thinking and believing for decades. As Chuck Mangione once said, it just feels so good. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I love that you're in my tribe. I love that we're in this crazy phase of life together. And it's my honor to help you learn how to love it more than you currently do. You know, I gotta tell you, I really love podcasts. They're just so cool. So much amazing free information is just waiting for you to find. And the other thing that's just amazing lately is when you listeners book a mini insight call with me, you tell me you're a woman in the middle listener and you reference some of the things you've learned on the podcast, things that have actually helped you change your life, insights to help you regret-proof your life, your career, your relationships, and also your relationship with yourself. All I can say is, wow. I am so humbled. I'm so happy to be a part of your world. Okay, I just couldn't help sharing all of that. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Now, this episode is pre recorded, and when it's live, I'll actually be on my way 
to a big giant podcast convention in Philadelphia called Podcast Movement 2018. I am super psyched to be surrounded by thousands of other podcasters, and I can't wait to see what I learn and how I can make this podcast experience even better for you. I will keep you posted for sure. And I'll be with a few other colleagues who have podcasts, uh, other coaches from the Life Coach School too. So it'll be fun on so many levels. Now, as I like to say, life is short. So let's get going. Today's topic is an interesting one because I find it kind of subtle. Today, we're taking a deep dive into when you actually catch yourself thinking that someone else should be doing certain things for you because you're not ready. It's not your thing. It's not your time. Someone else is better at it or you're a little nervous to do it. Maybe you just didn't think of yourself as doing such a thing. Specifically, we're going to be talking about what it's like to actually start stepping into those shoes of yours the shoes of a grown-ass woman. And if you're a regular listener, you know I love talking about shoes. (laughs) Now, you might be thinking that this whole thing has to do with age. It might, but it doesn't all the time. It's actually more subtle than that. But the age thing is interesting too. There's also a time that most of us look around and realize that we're the oldest person in the room, the class, the group. Has that happened to you? I remember specifically the first time it happened to me. I was in my late 40s and I'd signed up for tennis lessons. I hadn't played tennis in years, but I really wanted to get back into it and I had always been interested. So I went to the local club and I signed up. There were only four of us in the group. It felt really great to hit some balls again. I love that whack, that sound when you hit it just right. And it was just, it felt good. And then sometime into that first class though, it dawned on me. I found myself thinking, uh, uh, I think I'm the oldest one in this group. <laughs> it was interesting to me. I was keeping up just fine. Someone had even complimented me on how muscular my legs were. <laughs> but there was no denying it. I was the oldest person in the group. I don't know if they noticed it or not, but it was pretty clear to me. I couldn't help but notice myself thinking, when did this happen? Where did the time go? And although this observation can be a bit jarring sometimes, (laughs) I get it. Um, Now I'm the oldest person in a few of my social groups. It's so interesting making this transition. And I must say, though, that I'm also the youngest in one of my social groups. That's also interesting. But the age-related observation is not exactly what today's episode is about. Today we're talking more about something personal. It's more about what's going on in your mind when you catch yourself thinking something about what you don't do because it's different or it's hard or it's too scary, but you want to do it, kind of. Or that if truth be told, maybe you just prefer someone else to take the lead because it would be easier. Or, you know, maybe if your spouse or partner just got involved, you could just mm, not get out there and do that thing in the same way, right? (sighs) sometimes it might be that you just wish someone else would save you (laughs) or do it themselves and you would just tag along. You may not even know you think like this. There are so many thoughts up there, 60, 70,000 a day that you're just not aware of. And like I said, this one is sneaky. It's subtle. It's not always about the things you would expect either. Sometimes it's just as simple as catching yourself having a thought 
that you want somebody older to take over or that you feel like a kid and have to remind yourself that you're a grown-ass woman and that you can do it, whatever it is. Maybe not even a kid, but you have this sense that you're not like big enough to handle it. Here are the kind of things I'm talking about. Driving out of town to visit your kids at university by yourself. Renting a car in a town you've never been to before at night. Flying someplace alone and arriving late when it's very dark and very scary. Flying with your kids somewhere on your own when you're in charge. Realizing you're the one who has to share family news. Realizing you're the one who has to share tragic family news. Initiating traditions because you want them and notice that they're not happening on their own. Now, I have to tell you, these examples are things that I've actually noticed myself thinking. Actual thoughts in my head. Now, your thoughts could be quite similar, but for different situations. I'm very curious for you to let me know what's going on up there for you. As you can see, these examples, though, are not things related to being singled or or divorced necessarily and having to do scary big things for yourself for the first time. You know, like buying your first house on your own or even dealing with banking issues by yourself. Many women in the middle would agree that these types of issues could totally be a big deal to many. And many of you amazing women in the middle also find yourself faced with the option of diving in, facing your fears, and building your life. And and many of you, most of you take that option. This sort of courage isn't what I'm talking about. Like I said, the examples today are much more subtle. And I know that if you took, if 10 midlife women were in a room together, they would most likely not agree that these examples were issues for them, right? I don't think everybody, every midlife woman has an issue renting a car at night. (laughs) These are subtle life moments where if you didn't have to be a grown-ass woman, you might not. You know you have a choice, but you really want to move forward and do the thing, whatever it is. And so much of this is interesting to me, I have to say. And here's why. First, I grew up in a single parent family. I was used to doing things by myself for years. In fact, Asking for help or getting help was not comfortable for me at all. I always consider myself independent, resilient, resourceful. The other thing is that I got married on the late side. I was 31, so most of my life was infused by independent thinking and doing, not like the thoughts I see in my brain on occasion now. (laughs) Here I am on the brink of being 55 years young, and I'm noticing this type of thinking popping into my mind now and again. It is just fascinating. And the subtle theme for me seems to be around driving and leading. And even as I say it, it is weird because I love to lead most of the time and I don't have a problem with driving either. I think it's odd because I drive all the time. I love my van. I love listening to Sirius Satellite Radio in the car. And I'm a good driver. I haven't had any issues, nothing terribly traumatic in this category. Yet, The idea of doing some of these driving-related things in my examples alone was a little uncomfortable for me. Let me give you something specific. So one of my kids is doing an internship in British Columbia uh, this summer. It's for four months, so I wanted to visit him last week. And it became obvious that I was going to be going alone. No problem. I travel all the time alone. Really not a problem. 
but I couldn't get a handle on whether or not I needed to rent a car. I had never been there before. I wasn't really sure what we'd be doing for the three days I was visiting. I also didn't have a sense of the distance and the lay of the land in the area. I'd never been there. So I spoke to one of my girlfriends who had been there, and she said right away, you know what, Susie, rent a car. You need a car. Now, she knows all kinds of things. She's super smart. So I basically just do what she says. (laughs) So I did. And that's when I noticed I was starting to get nervous. Again, I'm a good driver. I travel plenty. I have a smartphone. (laughs) But there was something about renting a car in a place I wasn't familiar that was making me nervous. Then I remembered a few times in the past when traveling with girlfriends. I also didn't want to be the person in charge of the car and driving. I was much more comfortable being the navigator. Now, in the old days, I also remember being comfortable with the navigator role. Maybe you do too. Remember those hard copy maps that you used to fold out and they made a big mess? And triple A, right? The triptych. For anyone too young to remember, what you used to do when you were traveling, you would actually pick up the phone and call AAA, Automobile Association. You would talk to someone, have a conversation with someone about your trip, where you were going, and then AAA or CAA in Canada would prepare this thing called a triptych, which was a customized uh, direction map with your written driving instructions and your exact itinerary, all predetermined, um, would prepare the triptych for you. So you would actually go to, to AAA, pick up your maps, including your triptych, and away you went, right? It was like this, I don't remember exactly how big it was, but maybe eight inches long by um, maybe three or four inches wide. I remember it had Sirlock's binding at the top, so you would flip the pages, right? And it would be your, your route. So that's what we used to do. That was how you got around dealing with an unruly huge map. Now, t- now times have changed. I used to pride myself, though, on being an excellent navigator over there on the right-hand side of the car with the giant map and all, right? I could fold that thing, no problem. But the triptychs made it so much easier. Now, I like perspective. I like to zoom out on GPS. I liked, back in the triptych days, I'd like to have a big giant paper map as well as the triptych. But when, when you get right down to it, I wasn't phased by navigating. I wasn't phased by maps. And now I love the GPS, no problem. And that's what I mean. Something doesn't add up here because with the GPS, it's super easy to get anywhere today without getting lost. And I'm older and wiser. Yet faced with the opportunity and amazing solution to rent a car in another town with my son who was away for four months, I squirmed. I resisted this being the obvious solution. I was overwhelmed with it and just spinning and spinning for weeks. The thought I found myself thinking was, and I quote, I might do something stupid like get lost or not know how to return the car at the airport. (laughs) That was it. I was more afraid of doing something stupid than actually getting lost. Isn't that crazy? The stupid thing was the thought that was overriding and causing the fear. And then the thought was, I wish I had someone who would just take care of this, this problem. The problem made worse because I would have to rent a car in a new town at night. I really just wanted someone to save me from a problem that's not even a problem. I mean, I'm flying to one of the most beautiful places in Canada to visit my son. No problem here. What is wrong with this picture? Fear is the problem. Fear of doing something stupid mixed in with a bit of overwhelm. 
And all of that pushed me out of my comfort zone enough and was leading me to want to be saved. Well, maybe being saved is a bit too strong, but I definitely wanted someone, I don't know who, a cartoon character perhaps, to just swoop in and take over so that I could just be a little girl who needed some help. In other words, so I could just stay small. In other words, so I could just stay small and not do the thing. So I could just not bother wearing my big girl panties. So I could just avoid being a grown-ass woman, basically. And when I actually love being a grown-ass woman. And I, I gotta tell you, the unsupervised mind can totally do a number on you. So what about you? Do you catch yourself thinking thoughts like these? Oh, ones that just don't add up at all about you not wanting to do something to opt in and be a grown-ass woman? Remember, you think something and then it creates a feeling. And certainly, I don't like feeling overwhelmed or fearful, right? So notice what happened in this case. A friend I respect noticed quickly I needed a car. That gave me a little push in that direction, right? I had a thought. She knows what to do. I started thinking another thought because I realized this overwhelm fear combo wasn't working for me at all. So I thought to myself, I need something that will bridge, that will just get me to move forward a little bit and be open to totally being able to do it and being more confident. So I started to practice this one. I'm open to the idea that renting a car will be amazing. And ladies, I really started to practice it. I imagined myself driving around with my son in the beautiful scenery. And when I thought that way, I felt calm. Actually, I even felt a little excited. So I booked the car. And then I've arrived in British Columbia. It was very late. And the woman at the rental desk said to go get my car out in a dark parking lot. (laughs) Well, I didn't plan for that. So you know what I did? I wasn't about to let this lady and my late plane because of a lightning storm and everything let my plans unravel. I simply asked for help. I wasn't comfortable walking out into the dark parking lot and picking up a rental car I wasn't familiar with in a town I'd never been to at midnight. I just wasn't. (laughs) And this nice woman, she did walk me out. And then I opened the car. I figured out where all the important stuff was in the new car. Once I was inside, I had my GPS in my hand and away I went. And you know what? You know what happened? Nothing. (laughs) All was fine. In fact, it was great. The car was perfect. My son and I drove all over the place. We had a great time seeing all kinds of cool things. We, we went for dinner at the restaurant where he works. We checked out a quirky kangaroo farm. We saw a fruit packing museum. Who knew that this was an area very well known and had a, a huge rich history for fruit. We went to a beautiful winery. We tasted goat cheese from this amazing place. And of course, we visited a spectacular lavender farm. I wasn't even that nervous on the drive back to the airport the dreaded car return, right? That's another thing I was really worried about. It was a breeze. And I had a successful weekend as a grown ass woman. Now, there are a few other examples on that list. And now that you're thinking more about this sort of thing, I wonder what you'll notice, right? I wonder what you will notice. What is going on in your mind? Do these examples resonate with you at all? For example, what about tragic news? This has happened, um, unfortunately, in our family a few times. You can't plan for tragedies, right? 
But I have to say, it never occurred to me that I would be the one to have to share something like this with my kids at this age, something really sad, tragic, right? And I had to suck it up. I had to be a grown-ass woman. I had to make some very difficult phone calls. Of course, of course, of course I had to do it, right? I wanted to do it because it was so important, but it was so hard. I knew I had to do it. It's a grown-ass woman thing to do. And then on a lighter topic, there are family traditions sometimes or lack thereof. There comes a time in many of our families where there's a shift in these family traditions. The seniors may not want to host big family dinners anymore. And this has happened for us, right? Some of the large family dinners that were happening regularly when I came in to the family when we started to have kids were being hosted by the older family members. And now that doesn't happen anymore. And I've heard this from a lot of clients and I've also heard it from friends. You know, it's just too much. They're ready to pass the torch. (laughs) So what ends up happening, though, too, is some of the socializing with families doesn't end up happening because they were the ones to do the organizing and they were the ones with those connections, those frontline connections, so to speak. So at some point, this wasn't happening in our family. And what happened was that the cousins ended up not hanging together as much as we had done before. And the cousins really enjoyed each other's company. It's a pretty large family we have, and now the cousins are fun. Now, I realized this, that maybe I should suggest some like a new tradition, I think maybe 15 years ago or so, and it was on my husband's side of the family. And that's how the Cousin Hanukkah Party was born. And I have to say, it is loved by all. But again, participating in family traditions is something many of you have been doing for years until there's a change. And then it's the job of a grown-ass woman to be aware of it, to notice her thoughts about what's going on or not going on, and do something about it. So why is it a surprise to be a grown-ass woman, you might be asking? Well, a few reasons. Number one, you probably don't feel your age. What that means is that you don't think of yourself as old. You don't think of yourself as old or as old as you really are. And so it's just much easier to think even for an instant that you're not old enough to be a grown-ass woman. Number two, you sometimes forget that you need to go after what you want. Even though you know this at some level, sometimes you find yourself waiting and holding back and even staying small. It's a great time to have fun watching your thoughts, like I did, with the whole car rental story. Number three, being a grown-ass woman means taking the lead. Quite frankly, you may not be comfortable with this. When you step up to lead like this, you know that you will have to make a lot of decisions and do things. You will be vulnerable. Things might not be successful. Being a grown-ass woman can be risky but most of the time, it's totally worth the risk. Of course, this is the world according to Susie's grown-ass woman theory. (laughs) And I think, actually, that this theory blends into another one, the matriarch in the middle theory. So my amazing grown-ass women in the middle, I think all of these little observances related to little jolts of resistance and then courage are really just 
preparing you for being a matriarch. The Google Dictionary tells us that a matriarch is simply a woman who's at the head of her family or tribe. Big job, right? A job for a grown-ass woman. That's it for today's episode. Please let me know when you notice yourself resisting being a grown-ass woman and doing it anyway. I love that about midlife. It seems a bit easier sometimes to push yourself over the hump of doing it anyway. Why not, right? Big girl panties are so much more comfortable. Before I sign off, I want to remind you about the amazing contest that's on right now about turning 50. It's called the 50 Unplugged Contest. The lead up to turning 50 can be a little bit interesting with lots of highs and lows. Well, maybe a few more lows or at least some surprising thoughts that create some weird feelings. (laughs) This is why it's the perfect time for you to think about how you want to leave your 40s. So if you're turning 50 soon, please enter. Welcome to the party. This contest is for you. You'll have a chance to win a guest spot on this podcast some free coaching, and even my three-month signature one-on-one package. Just go to susierosenstein.com forward slash 50 unplugged contest to learn more. You can also find this link in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please also head over to the Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. It really is such a great way to help other women know that there's really cool stuff going on in this podcast. Remember to check out those show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. Let's do this, ladies, one grown-ass woman at a time. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>